COVID hotspots highlighted in new data. We're still in problems here and it's getting worse. Why some mayors say they still aren't getting the information they need. ICBC promises online renewals. You're getting the convenience of a drive-through, but you're still paying for the high table service. Why critics say the long wait for modernization won't be worth it. And an historic shipwreck causing new problems. The black goo polluting the coastline and the challenge to stop it. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Sophie is off tonight. We are seeing several new record highs in today's COVID-19 numbers for BC. We have 737 new cases, bringing our total to 40,797. Sadly, 11 more people have died, which means BC has now lost 598 victims. 342 people are in hospital, 87 patients in the ICU. That is a record. 29,598 people are considered recovered, leaving us with 9,589 active cases, the highest we've seen yet, and just over 12,000 in self-isolation, also a record number. Now, health officials have released some new data showing COVID-19 cases on a city-by-city basis. And while they shed more light on B.C.'s hotspots, several municipal leaders say they still aren't getting what they need. Jordan Armstrong reports. We're not hiding anything. We have been uh, as transparent as any jurisdiction in North America. That statement last month was a stretch. BC did not report weekly case numbers from local health areas until this week, and only after public pressure. BC's top doctor previously resisted this level of detail over privacy concerns. We're now at a point where you can't re-identify somebody um, by the geographic area that they live in because of the number of cases we've had. Here's a look at the Lower Mainland case numbers between November 29th and December 5th. You'll note Vancouver is divided into six different areas, but hot zones like Surrey with nearly 1,600 new cases and Delta with 208 are not broken down by neighborhood. Delta's mayor says his citizens are demanding more info. Because they're providing it to Vancouver. So that's the big puzzle. If they're providing it to Vancouver and areas of Vancouver Island and other areas, why can't they do it for south of the Fraser? Because our numbers show that they're extremely high. In fact, Delta's numbers soared last month. Nearly 900 new cases in November. Surrey, Vancouver, Burnaby, Abbotsford and the central Okanagan also saw big increases. We're trying to use all the tools we have in our toolbox, but we need to do we need the data to do more. Things like targeted bylaw enforcement and recreation center shutdowns in neighborhoods experiencing a COVID surge. The BC CDC is also out with this map, which shows overall cases from January through November. The darker the purple, the more cases per capita. Surrey, with more than ten thousand, is in a league of its own. Richmond and Vancouver's west side saw the least transmission. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. All right, Keith Baldry joins us now. Keith, going back to today's numbers, what trend are you noticing among the active cases? 
Yeah, the active cases are telling a, a different story than what was being told at the beginning. At the beginning of the pandemic, for, well, actually for months, uh, it's been largely COVID in Vancouver Coastal and Fraser Health. That is no longer necessarily the case. The other health authorities are starting to pick up cases on a daily basis. It's still very much a Fraser Health pandemic, but the other parts of the province are starting to feel the heat as well. So Fraser Health, uh, active cases, 75% of them are in Fraser. That's an increase of more than 3,200 over the last month. But next comes the interior with 700. 154 active cases, an increase of 380% in one month. The North also seen a surge in cases of more than 360, a 600% increase over in one month. The island basically doubling their case, its cases to 105. The outlier here, Vancouver Coastal. Something completely opposite is happening there. Active cases are actually going down in Vancouver Coastal. The chief medical health officer there, Dr. Patty Daly, made the point a week ago today that there's a leveling off of cases in Vancouver Coastal. That's great news, but we're starting to see more cases outside of Metro Vancouver. The only silver lining to this is we do not see people dying at the same degree as we're seeing in Metro Vancouver. It very much remains our deaths focused on long-term care homes, particularly in Vancouver Coastal and in the Fraser Health Authority. But right now, the numbers are starting to tick upwards at potentially alarming levels in the interior, the north, and less so in Vancouver Island. Fraser very much remains the, the epicenter of the pandemic, but it's very encouraging to see what's going on in Vancouver Coastal and hopefully that trend starts spreading elsewhere in the province. Exactly, yeah, troubling outside of this region for sure. Thank mm -hmm. you very much, Keith. Well, the brutal reality of the pandemic second wave with that information is definitely settling in despite hope for the vaccine rollout to come. Today, the Prime Minister and the country's top doctor are reinforcing the need for social distancing during the holidays or will all be in very big trouble. John Wall reports. It's that special day so many have been waiting for. A little peace and positivity at the end of a very long year. But Canadians are being warned. This Christmas could mark a horrible COVID-19 milestone. The predicted number of deaths that could be in the range of 14,410 to 14,920 by December the 25th. The number of cases across Canada could also hit 577,000 by Christmas. Notably, about 100,000 new cases have been reported across the country in just the last three weeks. And if Canadians don't reduce the current number of people they come into contact with each day, the start of the new year could see a startling surge in COVID-19 cases. The numbers will continue to surge and we could reach over 12 thousand new cases a day in January. So comes an appeal from the Prime Minister to embrace a very different kind of Christmas. We must reduce our in-person contacts right now. A vaccine in a week or in a month won't help you if you get COVID-19 today. How we behave over the holidays could have a critical impact on hospitals already having a hard time keeping up. Critical care beds are at or near maximum capacity in many areas. The situation has put a strain on the healthcare system. So the holidays this year can still focus on thinking about others. Not through the gift of giving, but by staying safe. John Hua, Global News. BC Ferry says it's adding some extra sailings over the holidays, despite the latest provincial guidelines saying that we should only travel for essential purposes. BC Ferry says they do encourage travelers to comply with the health orders, 
and say people should arrive early and obey all COVID safety regulations if you do have to sail. We know that some people do have to travel for essential purposes, and we're also seeing a lot of commercial traffic this holiday season. We have to keep in mind that we continue to move essential goods and services to coastal communities up and down British Columbia. That's holiday packages, courier packages, groceries, other essential goods and services. BC Ferries also assures us that the extra sailings fall far short of last year's extra 171 additional holiday trips. The extension of those COVID-19 restrictions through the holiday season is another big blow to BC's already battered hospitality industry. In a normal year, pubs, bars, restaurants and party venues would be packed with Christmas and New Year's celebrations. As Paul Johnson reports, the losses this year could be enormous. What could be more delightful than a little tasting session at a Thai restaurant? Here we have our green curry of halibut. Over here we have our Penang curry of beef shin. Angus On is the owner and head chef of Vancouver's Mainam, open for business and soldiering on through the pandemic. Normally, this time of year, they'd be gearing up for their most lucrative season. This year will be more like damage control. Oh, it'll be a pretty big hit because uh, December generally is, is it's a, it's a big month for all restaurants. Trying to quantify the collective loss to the hospitality sector from a drastically scaled back and in many cases cancelled winter celebration season is hard to do precisely. But few will be surprised to learn the figure is staggering. Industry experts say in BC alone, the loss of everything from company parties to intimate family dinners is likely to be around a billion dollars. We have an awesome scotch kit. We have a coffee kit. At Joey's in North Vancouver, their plan, like many others, is to pivot. With no expectation of a big New Year's Eve on the premises, they'll sell you a kit to help you celebrate at home. It comes with a three-course meal and also a bottle of Vogue for you to celebrate at the end of the night with some popcorn. Back at Mainam, Angus An can also show you their new take-home products, some of their signature sauces, and a new cookbook he's just published. Having weathered the 2009 recession, An knows a few things about surviving in the restaurant business. I think there's not much you can do but to... Uh, be patient and be flexible. In Vancouver, Paul Johnson, Global News. The NDP announces ICBC is going to start offering online auto insurance renewals, but it's going to be a long drive before we get there. The launch date for the new service and why critics say it won't give you the savings it should in just over a minute. Enigmatic artist Banksy creates a new tribute to the pandemic, the artwork that appeared on a wall very close to his roots. Coming up on the news hour. And the unusually slick weather phenomenon that had people slipping and sliding on the sidewalks later. Right now, though, the NDP government is rolling out the next phase of ICBC reforms, including the plan to allow online auto insurance renewals in 2022. But as Richard Zussman reports, just because it's easier, don't expect it to be cheaper. So much of our lives spent online. And finally, in 2022, ICBC vehicle insurance can be renewed there as well. ICBC is becoming more uh, customer 
uh, friendly in terms of providing options for people. But everything we do in life now is uh, we can renew online, so I'm just uh, curious as to why 2022. The reason 2022, the province wants to make sure customers have a year of in-person renewals once no-fault insurance comes into place next May. And ICBC still needs to figure out how to distribute the license plate decals. Some jurisdictions, for example, are doing away with the decal. Some jurisdictions are looking at going to a, a multi-year decal. Brokers also come into play. Right now, customers pay about half a billion dollars in commissions to brokers from everything, from new policies to ownership changes to in-person renewals. They are paid for their time and effort and expertise. Uh, through the ICBC system. The brokerages say they don't determine the commission, and the province says they aren't actually looking at changing the commission rate. So if you do renew online come 2022, you may not actually save any money. Usually when you move things online, you do save money, and those cost savings are passed on to customers. But unfortunately, because we have no choice, we can't shop around. As for actual money savings, Farnworth says he will be getting options next week on whether ICBC can pass on COVID-19 related savings. So far, BC one of the only jurisdictions in North America where drivers haven't received a break. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Federal Public Safety Minister Bill Blair has committed nearly $100 million to combat the money laundering problem countrywide. Blair broke the news on the Linda Steele show this afternoon. The funding will set up four new investigative money laundering teams in B.C., Alberta, Ontario and Quebec. B.C. Attorney General David Eby welcomes the help, but he has been critical of Ottawa's delayed response to a problem the province has warned about for years. We believe that by working together, by creating an alliance, by identifying these vulnerabilities and working together to close those gaps, we can make a difference. I simply can't understand why the federal government's anti-money laundering agency that has a mandate to prevent anti-money laundering is not uh, falling over itself to provide information to the anti-money laundering public inquiry in British Columbia. The Cullen Commission looking into money laundering in B.C. has been critical, writing in its interim report that federal agencies have not been fully cooperative throughout the investigation. On his way out the door, B.C.'s now former Speaker of the Legislature is lobbying more serious allegations against his former colleagues. In his final report, Daryl Plekis is claiming an allegation of sexual harassment was not properly investigated. Plekis says in February 2019, he provided a confidential memo to an all-party legislative committee informing it of the allegations. He says that as far as he knows, those allegations have not yet been investigated. One would have expected in this day and age, with that kind of allegation, which went on for quite a period of time, that it deserved attention. In most other environments, it would deserve serious attention. Uh, it wasn't considered at all. In fact, it was so bad, I didn't even get a response back. B.C. government House leader Mike Farnworth, though, has said that he has not yet seen Plekis' latest report, nor the document the former speaker mentions in the report, but he says he will review both. Some breaking news now. Hundreds of mink have been killed at a Fraser Valley farm over COVID-19 fears. The B.C. Ministry of Agriculture confirmed to Global News that it happened at the same farm where eight workers were determined to have COVID-19 over the weekend. They won't say which farm called the animals, citing public safety concerns. They began testing the mink this week 
and 200 have now been called as a result. It's unclear if all of them tested positive for COVID-19, only that some of the mink became exposed to the virus through the farm workers. The farm remains under a quarantine order and no animals or materials can be moved from the property at this time. Still ahead, an oil slick in a sensitive part of the B.C. coast. The sheen first spotted by locals, but it took a remote control submarine to see what was really going on. The leaking relic below the waves. Next, at a wildlife refuge in need of rescue, how the pandemic has pushed it to the brink of collapse. Steer clear of Boundary this evening. Southbound is blocked at East 45th due to a two-vehicle crash. Southbound traffic is lining up all the way back to Wellington Avenue north of Kingsway. Your best just to take southbound Boundary out of your commute altogether. Northbound now down to one lane. Kermac Collision and Autoglass have been family-run and locally owned since 1973. For unmatched quality repairs and exceptional service, choose Kermac. For location information, visit Kermac.com. In Global One above Boundary in Kingsway, I'm Amber Belzer. A shipwreck more than 50 years ago is being blamed for the appearance of oil slicks in Nootka Sound. The slicks were first spotted in mid-September near the Bly Island Marine Park. The oily substance is coming from the wreckage of the MV Schkidike, a bulk carrier that sank in the area back on January 3, 1968, after hitting a submerged ledge. All 34 crew members safely abandoned ship. The Schkidike was bound for Portland, carrying a cargo of barley and a load of wood pulp that it picked up in Gold River. A remotely operated vehicle got video of the leak and the thick black goo oozing from, overturned, from the overturned hull of the ship. The Coast Guard is still trying to determine how much fuel is still on board. The area of concern is located near the Bly Island Provincial Marine Park. This area also has an abundance of cultural, historical, and sensitive areas, which are being identified and assessed by crews that have been tasked to this incident. More than 10,000 feet of booms are now in place to contain the leaking fuel, and it's thought that so far between 30 and 50 liters have made it to the surface. One of BC's main wildlife rescue centers is in dire straits because of the pandemic, and it's in desperate need of help. As Linda Aylesworth shows us, the funding challenges for Elizabeth's Wildlife Center couldn't have come at a worse time. We're going to get this fellow a shallow dish because he just came in yesterday with a head injury. Seven days a week, sunrise to sunset, Elizabeth Melnick is on call. There's a good boy, eh? Oh, you're so smart. That's a good boy. You all okay? She's been rehabilitating wildlife from her not-for-profit facility in Abbotsford for 34 years. She is selfless in her operation here. She doesn't go anywhere other than here. Um, it's her life. This is a little bunny that came in that was caught in a campfire. As many as 2,000 animals are brought here each year for care. The cost, about $200,000, money raised by fundraisers. Normally have an open house every year, for sure. Uh, we have a plant sale, we have pictures at Santa, but of course all that came to a halt this year. But not this year. Thanks to COVID-19 restrictions, they're running low on funds for day-to-day -day expenses. On top of all that, we have to replace our three main buildings because they are really deteriorated. The building is tilting. 
there are little rot holes down here. We have to put down little bits of mesh because the animals are getting in. And that's just the clinic. Next door, the laundry building is faring no better. There's rot from water going into our laundry room. It may not look like a big deal. It is a big deal. As for the nursery? Not good. The solution? Engineers have come in and said there's two ways of dealing with it. You can shore it all up for an outrageous amount of money or tear them down and start again fresh. And so they must come down, and soon, before baby season, the busiest time of the year. But where are the funds and or the manpower to come from? I'm hoping because it is Christmas and it's generally a generous time of year that we can get the funding to continue this. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Still ahead, a young girl who's one of a kind. Her heartbreaking and incredibly rare diagnosis and the family's hope for a miracle cure. Also skyrocketing U.S. hospitalizations, giving us a glimpse of what could happen here if we don't flatten the curve in B.C. Believe BC, featured on Global News Hour at 6, celebrates the innovative minds working together to reignite business throughout our province. Believe BC in partnership with Pacific Blue Cross, flexible small business health benefits for challenging times. At the Alex Fraser Bridge, volume is steady and light in both directions, which is the case around the lower mainland for most of the major routes. Need winter tires? No time for appointments? Drop by Mr. Lube and enjoy stay in your car tire service on your schedule. No appointment needed. Mr. Lube, ready when you are. At the Alex Fraser Bridge, I'm Amber Belzer. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau unveiled details of a major new climate action plan today, one that will see our country exceed its 2030 emissions reductions targets set out by the Paris Accord. The plan involves billions in new funding for green vehicles and infrastructure and changes to the clean fuel standard set to take effect in late 2021. The federal carbon tax, which is set to hit $50 per ton in 2022, will keep going up by $15 each year until 2030. Rebates for Canadians will also increase and shift from annual to quarterly payments. Our plan will improve the energy efficiency of homes and buildings to cut energy waste while also helping people cut down on their bills. It will support sustainable food and farming practices. And it will make clean power available across the country, including in remote and indigenous communities, while investing in clean and affordable transportation, including public transit and zero emission vehicles. The U.S. is setting new benchmarks for COVID-19 hospitalizations with doctors warning the next 60 to 90 days there could be thousands of deaths a day. In New York City, indoor dining is about to be closed again while Miami is reinstating a curfew. With the country's first COVID-19 vaccine likely just days, even hours from approval, anticipation is building. It feels like a race to the finish line now. You know, we have to get the vaccine out to enough people to prevent any more deaths. The FDA saying in a statement it will rapidly work toward finalization and issuance of an emergency use authorization. We do have a favorable vote. A day after an agency advisory panel voted in favor of granting it. Once approved, UPS and FedEx planes and trucks will mobilize. Pfizer, the vaccine's manufacturer, plans to ship around 2.9 million doses in the first weeks. 
a painstaking process requiring storage at sub-zero temperatures. This is the light of the tunnel uh, and uh, really are out of this pandemic. But widespread distribution is months away, and the coming weeks are projected to be among the most dangerous and deadly. New York once again banning indoor dining in hopes of slowing the spread. The journey isn't over. Uh, it's not really going to be over until the summer and we hit critical mass with the vaccination. As the country sets new heartbreaking records, more than 3,100 U.S. lives lost Thursday, the most in a single day since the start of the pandemic. Sarah Dolliff, NBC News. Anonymous street artist Banksy has struck again. A mural of a sneezing woman has appeared on a house at the end of what is said to be England's steepest street in the city of Bristol, which also happens to be the birthplace of the elusive street artist. The owner of the home where the mural appeared apparently just pulled out of a deal to sell the property at the last minute, seeing as the value likely just went up. Banksy, whose true identity is a closely guarded secret, posted pictures of the work on his official Instagram account, along with the comment, Achoo. In Health Matters tonight, a 13-year-old Vancouver girl is one of only eight people in the world known to have the fatal neurodegenerative disease known as AGU. There is currently no treatment and no cure for the disease, but Makeda Inslee's mother isn't giving up. She and seven other families are fundraising to pay for clinical trials for a promising new drug. Catherine Urquhart reports. A masterpiece. 13-year-old Makeda dreams of one day becoming an artist. I like sea and like land. Standing in the way of her dream, an extremely rare, fatal neurodegenerative disease. It's called aspartoglucosaminuria or AGU. My brain a little bit slower than most kids that don't have AGU. Makeda is the only child in Canada diagnosed with AGU, which currently has no cure or treatments. Slowly, it is taking away her abilities. Her body does not produce a protein that she needs to break down cellular garbage. And with her, it, it just builds up. So for long term, it's going to mean eventually that she will um, lose her cognitive skills. She will lose her mobility. But there is reason for optimism. A clinical trial starts in 2021, one that has the potential to cure AGU. Eight parents from around the world who also have children with AGU are planning to take part. Essentially, you can insert a working gene um, into her spinal fluid. It will go into her brain. Um, the cells will start uh, reproducing on their own, and she will actually have functional cells that are producing the protein that she's missing. It, it should be a one-time injection, and it should be a cure. Barb Insley is now fundraising through the charity Rare Trait Hope Society and on a GoFundMe. It's about five million U.S. overall, so I'm trying to raise a half a million of that in Canada just to do my part. This Vancouver mother and daughter are incredibly hopeful that 2021 will bring positive news, a possible cure for Makeda's AGU, allowing them more time together, including many more soccer games in the years ahead. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. And good luck to Barbara and Makeda. Still to come, making spirits bright for those who need it most. I couldn't believe it. I didn't expect it. Seniors getting cards from strangers and the Facebook post that started it all. 
Also, the record-setting hockey card featuring a young Wayne Gretzky. What it's worth today. Ice paralyzed Ukraine's capital yesterday, both on the roads and, as you can see, on the sidewalks. Closed-circuit video shows people sliding all over the place. Some struggled to walk downhill, while others seemed to just enjoy the ride. One poor woman tried over and over and over to get up the hill with no success. More than 4,000 city workers were deployed to remove the ice. A rare Wayne Gretzky rookie card has set a record at auction. What the highest bidder was willing to pay coming up right after Yvonne's forecast. And before we get there, a Langley care home worker says she's been overwhelmed by the response to her Christmas Facebook post. Danielle Axton made a simple request to spread some holiday cheer to isolated seniors. And she is stunned by the number of people taking her up on it. Kylie Stanton reports. Lights are strung up and decorations are on display. A little Christmas cheer for those who need it most. With the different restrictions that have come down to keep everybody safe, it's been a challenging year for all of us. You see, many of the residents here at Chartwell Langley Gardens Retirement Residence will be spending the holidays alone this year, doing their part to stay safe in the second wave of this pandemic. <laughs> as far as plans go... Not very much. So to boost morale, staff has gone above and beyond putting on a full display, making the facility as festive as possible. But it turns out it's a small idea that seems to be having the biggest impact. I thought just with everything going on in the world right now that our residents would love to receive something joyful in the mail. Axton made a post on Facebook calling on friends and family to send a message to those living at Langley Gardens, writing, my goal is to spread some joy and fill our walls with Christmas cards to remind them that they are loved, supported, and fondly thought of this holiday season. Within days, it was shared more than 1,400 times. So far, the response has been absolutely amazing. More than 100 cards and letters have already been sent in from as far away as Texas, Germany and England. They're coming from all over the place, which is exciting. But with 38,000 seniors in BC's long-term care and assisted living facilities, there's hope the initiative will extend beyond these walls. The BC Care Providers Association is launching its own campaign, Seniors Greetings. What we're calling on all British Columbians to do is visit route65.ca where they can submit their feeling, their uh, messages of support, love, and hope, which will be um, sent to seniors living in long-term care and assisted living homes this holiday season. These cards have proven the small gesture goes a long way. I didn't expect it, but it's just been fantastic. They'll be much appreciated here by all of us. And keep them coming. The amount of joy they bring has no limit. There's so much love to give, especially for this population. Kylie Stanton, Global News. What a great initiative. All right, Yvonne is standing by at home tonight with a look at our forecast as we head into the weekend. Still hoping for clear skies tonight, Yvonne. Yes, we'd like to catch the Aurora Borealis, and I'll have more on that and what we can expect over the next couple of days for the meteor shower. But first off, it was gorgeous out there. We managed to see some breaks. We'll have a nice clearing as we get in towards this evening. And here's a shot of what it looked like overlooking the North Shore Mountains. Seeing some snow out there, it is much needed, and it's been beautiful. A clearing is on the way. We had another few photos that were captured today showing us the breaks. Rather, this was in seashells, so thank you so much, Dave. Another great shot that was captured. 
captured at Half Moon Bay, and this one by Tom Chilliwack by Tina, and a great shot up on Whistler. So thank you so much, Matt. Some beautiful shots showing us that clearing. Now the Aurora Borealis, rather, mostly clear tonight, so the best viewing opportunity will be away from the city lights or for higher elevations. And also keep your eyes to the skies this weekend. We have the Geminids meteor shower that's peaking on Sunday and Monday. Overnight, we do have some fog developing. We'll see that into the early morning hours. It'll be mainly sunny for tomorrow. A dry day across the south coast, and then the change will be on the way for the latter half of the weekend. So a heads up, that'll be the wetter day out of the weekend on our Sunday, and then we'll start to see an improvement on the way once again later in the day. Now the northern half of the province into some sunshine, mainly cloudy across the central interior. Most areas for the southern interior will start to see some breaks. Temperatures will be chilly for tomorrow, just above the freezing mark, and along the south coast we will have that fog for the morning hours dissipating mainly sunny for the afternoon the rain will be on our sunday and then a bit of a break can be seen in our systems on tuesday and wednesday and tonight's weather window a beautiful a gorgeous shot this one captured in port mcneil so thank you so much bill chris awesome okay thanks very much yvonne hope we get to see the aurora borealis for sure tonight okay uh squire's over there yeah i can't i almost couldn't see him behind the camera and he snuck in very quietly how you doing squire very stealthy actually Oh, oh, first, before we Wait, get to you, yes, let's go. Talk, sorry, let's talk about the Gretzky card, shall we? Sure. Okay, let's do it. Uh, ultra rare, mint condition, NHL rookie card set a new record at auction at almost $1.3 million. The 1979 OPG Wayne Gretzky rookie card is now the most expensive hockey card ever sold at auction. Heritage Auctions noted that there are only two such Gretzky rookie cards known to exist. Primarily because OPG's card-cutting process meant many of the cards were cut poorly. Four-time Stanley Cup winner Gretzky retired from the NHL in 1999 with a record 894 goals, almost 2,000 assists, and 2,857 points. Most yeah, of his I, records um, still stand. I think he has 60. 60 times his name's on top in the record book. Um, I foolishly really invested heavily in the Keith Gretzky rookie card. I thought Keith would be something, but so now they're not worth anything. Uh, former Canuck Jeff Tambellini, who is now scouting for Tampa, says Port Moody's Kent Johnson is one of the top prospects for next year's NHL draft. For the players we've seen, we haven't seen a lot of players that can do what he does. Yeah, see what he can do. And Tambellini knows him well because he coached him with trail in the BCHL. All right, also coming up, satellite debris. No Tie Friday and sports with Keith Gretzky's biggest fan right now. I really thought he was going to be big. I did. <laughs> uh, all the teams for the World Junior should be in Edmonton by uh, this weekend. Canada named its final roster today. Two of the three goalies are from the BC division of the Western League. Taylor Goche of Prince George, Dylan Garand of Kamloops. His teammate Connor Zeri, also of Kamloops, is on the squad, as is Kelowna defenseman Caden uh, Korzak and former BCHL star Alex Newhook. We should mention him as well. He now plays for Boston College. And as expected, Giants defenseman Bowen Byram made the team. He was on that gold medal Canadian team last year. Actually, six of the players from last year's championship team are on this year's. Canada is always is the favorite. But here's something. The last five times Canada hosted the World Juniors, we've only won the gold medal once, so we haven't really been a great home team the last five times. 
Well, unfortunately, Gage Gonzalez, uh, we talked about him a few weeks ago of mission, did not make the cut. But uh, one BC player who could be on next year's Canadian team is Port Moody's Kent Johnson. He played for the Trail Smoke Eaters, and this year is with Michigan University, where he's already considered a top prospect for the 2021 draft, especially when he scores highlight reel goals. Looks like Michigan will be going on the power play. Johnson stick handling his way in. Oh, what a goal! Gorgeous goal! Kent Johnson, how are you doing? Kent Johnson is doing just great, thank you very much. Johnson is picking up in the NCAA, where he left off last year with Trail Smoke Eaters of the BC Hockey League, where he fired 52 goals and 103 points to lead the league in scoring. They don't give out style points in hockey, but Johnson has made a habit of scoring spectacular goals. Kent Johnson to the backhand, Johnson scores! I just don't really think about failure, and uh, if I try something and it doesn't work, that's okay. I'll just figure out uh, how I can work next time, so... Uh, yeah, I just don't really uh, think too much when I'm playing. Just let my stuff punch, just do the work. Kent does things with the puck that not a lot of people can do. He is, his edge work is, is NHL elite quality, and you can't say that about a lot of players. And that's the, one of the gifts he has is he has a creative mind. Uh, again, great skills with the puck, great skills with his feet. So the, the ceiling is very high on him. Jeff Tambellini was Johnson's coach in trail, so he got a close-up view of his exceptional talent. But like all the great ones, that talent is accompanied by a voracious appetite to succeed. Uh, he got to this point where we'd have to almost kick him off the ice because uh, he would stay out there all day. But you look at his talent, the way he handles the puck, uh, you don't get to that level if you haven't spent hours on hours uh, working at your craft. Tambellini's been an important mentor for Johnson. Both are from Port Moody, and when Jeff took over as head coach in trail two years ago, the first guy he recruited was Johnson. And Tambellini made it clear right away he wasn't going to stifle any of that creativity. And he uh, really helped me develop and just let me make mistakes out there. And uh, I think that's huge for me. you got to make mistakes to get better. So I was never playing, uh, playing nervous or worried about uh, making a mistake, and uh, I think that really helped my offensive game. And Johnson continues to flourish in the NCAA, where he's fifth in the entire country in scoring with two goals and eight assists in his first 10 games. He's got everyone's attention, including central scouting, where he's already projected to be a high first-round pick in the 2021 NHL entry draft. Definitely a cool position to be in and one that uh, I think uh, a lot of kids would like to be in, so I just... Don't take it for granted. He's probably going to push to go in the top five. Uh, he's doing some very special things. He's probably the most creative player in the entire draft. And it's up to him to have a great finish to the season, but he's put himself in uh, a very good position as of today. Yeah, that guy's got some mad skills. Skills with a Z. Uh, instead of Benny and the Jets, it's Jamal and the Jets this Sunday. Uh, Seattle Seahawks safety Jamal Adams used to be a New York Jet until he was traded to Seattle after he was unhappy. He didn't get a new contract with the Jets. He and head coach Adam Gase also didn't always get along in New York. But Jamal says there are no problems anymore between he and his old coach. I don't hate Adam Gase. For, you know, I don't hate Adam Gase. I have no problem with Adam Gase. I just didn't feel he handled certain situations well um, as a head coach. If Adam comes up to me and shakes my hand and I'm going to shake his hand, there's no love lost. Like, listen, I, I'm at peace, man. I'm, I'm really, I'm a, I'm a different guy. I'm really a different guy. Um, I'm still going to talk my noise, um, but I, I'm at peace with it, man. 
And the Seattle Sounders in the MLS Cup against uh, Columbus tomorrow. Uh, they could make it two straight cup wins. They've actually been in four of the last five years in the MLS Cup final. They also won in 2016. Okay, third round of the U.S. Women's Open. And Brooke Henderson had kind of a rough finish. Well, it was a really rough finish. Bogeyed four of her last five holes. So she barely made the cut at uh, plus three. The leader is uh, Hanako Shibuno of Japan. Yeah, round of 68 yesterday. And she actually has a three-shot lead. She is at seven under par. There you go. All right. Thank you very much, Squire. Here's Jay Durant with a preview of Global News at 11 tonight. Jay. Thanks very much, Chris. The COVID-19 vaccine that was approved earlier this week by Health Canada now has the green light south of the border. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has now approved the Pfizer vaccine for emergency use. UPS and FedEx planes and trucks will now mobilize to distribute nearly 3 million doses in the first weeks. The widespread distribution, though, is still months away. Well, details on that and a lot more coming up tonight at 11, Chris. All right, thanks very much, Jay. And when we come back, it's Satellite Debris with Squire next. going to be the third to last satellite debris of 2020 and the second one before christmas that's right yes ready to uh, go. you know a lot of great christmas stories and movies and such have seen snowmen come to life mm-hmm. the old frosty one was the hat i don't know how the guy in frozen came to life because i never saw that film <laughs> but because um, i'm not a parent uh, but here's a f- snowman who comes to life because of beer <laughs> Well, the snowman's a bit creepy looking, but he's got a hell of a voice. Uh, okay, now Tetley tea, and apparently it causes dogs and cats to speak. 
Right. Shall I pop the kettle on? Oh, yeah, go on. Nice cup of tea. What a day. It's raining... Oh, what's the phrase? Raining chaps and gals, obviously. <sighs> it's all right for you. I've got to take a walk in that later. Well, it's your own fault. Hmm? She thinks you want to. You're always wagging your tail. Look! But it's the tea. It has that effect on me. Our perfect blends will get anyone talking. Tetley, now we're talking. And it's not Christmas without Mariah Carey, correct? Correct. Okay. Then let's have it be Christmas. Let's hear it. Christmas. It's a magical time. A time for giving. A time for caring. A time for sharing. It's the last bag. I saw them first. Uh, don't think you did. I think I did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. Did. Didn't. Did. 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 Didn't. Thank you so much. Walkers, too good to share. Well, I guess it is Christmas. Oh, so unfair. That reminds me, I haven't seen Love Actually yet this season. Is that a... Coming up. Is that a tradition for you? It's a tradition, yeah. yeah. Okay. In which that song is featured prominently. No doubt about it. Right, Yvonne? Yeah, it's my favorite Christmas movie of all times. See? That, then now that's an endorsement. What about Die Hard? Is that <laughs> oh, like... don't get that debate I going. Know. Don't get that debate going. Last word on weather before we go, Yvonne. Uh, some sunshine in the mix uh, just in time for Saturday, but we are going to be tracking some wet weather on Sunday. So tomorrow, the nicer day out of the bunch and uh, rainfall developing Sunday morning. All right. Thanks very much. Thank you for watching, everybody. Hope you have a great weekend and happy Hanukkah to those celebrating it this week.